thank you for joining me. This is In the Zone with Tamika Nicole, where we talk all things sports, more specifically football and basketball. But I threw a couple other different things in for this week, so check it out. I thank you for taking the time to listen. I hope you enjoy the show today. And so let's jump right into it and get into the zone. So taking a look, the Women's World Cup is going on for basketball. Our women, Team USA, they're balling out. They've made it to the knockout stage, which is actually tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPNU. So they did, they went through the preliminary round. And so this is some of their scores from the preliminary round that they were able to, they needed to be in the top four. So they were able to do that in advance to the knockout stage. So that's the game that's tonight against Serbia. Um, I don't think I said that before, but yeah, Team USA versus Serbia tonight, Wednesday, September 28th, 10 p.m. Eastern time on ESPNU. What they were able to do in the preliminary round, preliminary round they faced off with Belgium. They outscored them 87 to 72. They faced Puerto Rico and beat them 106 to 42. They faced China. They won that game 77 to 63. They faced off with South Korea. They outscored them badly 145 to 69. And then they also faced off with Bosnia and really outscored them as well 121. Two fifty-nine, and then tonight is when they face off with Serbia. But wanted to show some love, and you know, Team USA, the women, they're balling out. So let's show them some love and support, and I will keep you posted on what is going on with them. Also, with the game with the Chiefs versus the Bucks that was supposed to take place in Tampa Bay due to the Hurricane Ian. If you know anybody that's in Florida or in that area, make sure you're checking on them or sending up prayers that it's not as bad as it could be and that everyone will be safe. Um, but they are going to move that game to Minneapolis. So we'll be seeing the Chiefs and the Bucks in Minneapolis instead of in Tampa Bay. I also wanted to keep you um, posted on what's going on with college, with the standings and where we are. And some of the coach firings that have already took place, they do not play. They will. will We don't like play this starting. It's just week. It's just week two, three, four. We just don't like. We don't have a good feeling about it. Cutting ties. So some of the coaches that are that we're in week five, but some of the coaches that have been fired, we have Scott Frost. Now that was a big one from Nebraska. That's his alma mater. You know, they didn't like the way. Then they couldn't take another chance of it being looking like previously, so they let him go after a one and two start. That was on September 11th, and then Arizona State they let Herm Edwards go on September 18th after a one and two start, and then Georgia Tech. This just happened on Monday. They let Jeff Collins go after a one and three start. Okay, now just looking at, like I said, we're in week five, so just looking at where the standings are so far. We have Georgia. The Bulldogs, they, they're holding that number one spot down. You got Roll Tide, Alabama at number two, Ohio State at three, Michigan at four, Clemson coming in at five, USC is coming in hot, okay? And Kentucky, you have coming in at seven. Now, let me go back to USC at six, though. You have Lincoln Riley that's, you know, making magic happen there with his first year there um, from coming from um, Oklahoma. So Kentucky at seven, Tennessee is at eight. You have Oklahoma State at nine. And then you have um, North Carolina State 
at the 10 spot. So that's what's going on in the college world. Also, I'm going to update. So Mac Jones had a high um, ankle, ankle sprain injury. At first, it looked like it was going to be a long time. It was just kind of like what Dagger was looking like. It might could miss, you know, some games. But they're trying to see if he'll be able to come back this Sunday. I don't know if it should be that soon. But it looks like, you know, whatever games he missed, it won't be what they initially thought you know, of it being just um, several games. So it looks like he'll come back sooner than not. Um, but, yeah, so that's what we got going on in sports news. wanted to share some of my thoughts on the situation with the Boston Celtics organization and coaching Ime Udoka. If you don't know, short story is he had a relationship with a co-worker within the Boston Celtics organization and according to their policies, guidelines, rules, bylaws, their constitution, it's a no-go. And Somehow last week it turned into a how we treat males versus how we treat females. And I get it. You know, that's part of your job and to try to find something and something you're probably passionate about or your take on it and to really make it, you know, pop out there. But this situation, I just didn't feel like that's what this boils down to. I feel like no matter how you try to spin or what you try to find, it comes down to two people had a choice to make they chose in in that moment probably or moments they weren't thinking about those rules and guidelines and what they signed you obviously are not thinking about what you could lose or risk or who all you are affecting and you just get caught up and you also probably assume oh it only happens to other people because they're not smart or they're not doing it but they're not me and everybody thinks they're invincible until they're not so now you're now it's out there and now you have a you know one year suspension from being able to coach when this was projected to be pretty much one of the top teams you know this season and we saw what he he did last season so man that's crazy But no matter who you are, you make choices and consequences come with that, good or bad. Whether you're thinking about everything that's, you know, could possibly happen or be affected. You know, people obviously don't because it happens too many times to just assume that people just really sit there and calculate and think about it all. So his choice led to his suspension and it not only affects him you know you have to think about the team and how it affects them you know how they came off of last season and the excitement and just you know finding a coach that fires you up that you trust that you go to that's making things happen and you know he pretty much let you down because now he's not going to be there and that morale we don't know if that'll be the same with another coach or not or how that's going to affect them then you have the organization that's affected because all eyes are on them of how they're affect how they're handling the situation and how everyone's been being treated and just making sure everything's 
handled just right, especially in this climate that we're in. If you ask me my thoughts on Ime Udoka, do I think he's just a horrible person? No, I actually don't. I don't think he's a horrible person. I just think he's a human being that got caught up, didn't think it would turn into this, and it did. As far as how I feel about her, I just feel like they should be, you know, how they're disciplined, how things are handled with them should be handled the same equally between both of them. Unless there's more to the story that I don't know. But as far as I know now, it was consensual. And then it can get messy because somebody might have felt slighted. And now they're saying things differently, which is all part of why, you know, it gets crazy and messy. Or when it's time to promote for a promotion, then I, I feel like you should be able to get me in. Or you get all of that going, which is why they have the rules in the first place. You know, if you're going to connect with somebody, just do it with somebody outside the organization. Because as far as whatever goes on at home, we don't know what goes on at home either. You know, to judge uh, to judge people's relationships. And that's the other thing as well. When we're doing our thing, and it not even, may not even be this because we're all human. We all struggle and we're not doing everything perfectly every day. We're all trying to do our best and be our best. But we're not perfect. And so we also don't have our stuff broadcast to the world to see when we mess up. We can mess up and we keep it moving because we can just go to a whole nother group of friends or go, you know, we keep it moving. And I'm not even saying it has to be this, anything that we deal with. That's not a great choice that we're putting things at risk for. People are doing those things every day. His is just on blast because of the position that he's in, that he chose to be in, and to be in the limelight. You know, and whoever the co-worker female is, she wasn't in the limelight. So we might not know ever know who she was if you feel like it should be, you know, he was already in the spotlight. So when they're handling this, you know, it's going to be reflected more on the person that's in the limelight. But regardless, I do feel like they should be treated the same regardless. But I don't think it's a male versus female or how we treat. I don't think it's anything like that. It's always going to come down to he made a choice. It came with rolling some dice and some risks and it just didn't turn out good. And that's what you have to accept. And it sucks for him. It sucks for the team his family, the organization, it just all comes down to, again, just like we talked about Mike Evans and how, you know, him jumping into that situation between Tom Brady and Marshawn Lattimore, it didn't just affect him, it affected his team. We saw it the next week, how it played out. You know, this is not a one-on-one sport where you can just say, yeah, I'll take that because that's just what I had to do. But now you have to have meet with these men and tell them why you can't coach them, you know, this season. That everything I said would happen. I'm not even going to be here, you know. And I'm not trying to give him a pass because he's a coach in the NBA and he's needed there. And No, it's not that. It's just I think we should have that grace on people in general, not to just saying that we give people passes to do whatever because we're human. But 
yes, discipline is necessary, but we don't have to throw people away and try to just totally trash them. Knowing that you go home and deal with your own demons and situations and what you're trying to do with behind closed doors, but it's easy to look outside and to point because it takes the 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 pressure and the light off of you. So just learn to handle people gently because and life is tough, you know. So just my overall feeling is I feel that he and her and unless there's more to the story that between him and her. But again, this is why that rule is put into place, you know, that they shouldn't. So even if there was stuff going on with Nia that we don't know about, there's still plenty of fish out there. There's a whole world out there, you know. So again, we just have to think carefully about the choices we make, you know, learn from the situation, keep it moving, you know. I hope he learns from it. I'm sure he will. But I hope it'll be interesting to see how it could affect his career because he was on a fast track. That was his rookie year as a head coach, and look what they were able, how they looked last year and were able to accomplish. And so, you know, and if you feel that that's giving him a pass, you know, we go to work every day. And we're doing stuff because, like I said, we're not perfect, so we're doing stuff. And it's not always right, but we don't lose our jobs, you know. So, or our career, her whole career isn't destroyed. I would hate to see his whole career destroyed, you know. He can still learn and make better choices going forward after his year suspension if he doesn't lose his job. You know, but I hope that he's able to still come back and make something of it. But again, it all is it's all comes down to why you have to think about what you're risking. And so he's the one that put himself along with her, them together made that choice. You know, but do I hope I, I do wish the same for him and her. You know, I don't want her life and career destroyed either. You learn from it and let give people the opportunity to grow. So that's just some of my thoughts on that situation. <laughs> So, if you saw the game with Tom Brady and the Bucks taking on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, I don't know if you saw the part where Tom Brady was using his legs. I was excited just to see see him. He just was doing what he had to do. Forty five year old was going for it, and he he ran for a little bit of time. I think I've seen him use his legs before. Don't know if it's been as long as what he ran on Sunday. So he ended up tearing up his brace. He was trying to get it straight. He couldn't get it straight. He was a little throw from having to run like that. I don't know when the last time he's done it. And then his whole knee brace just pop. It was out of there. It just busted loose. <laughs> he, he ran out of the, the brace like force. He was just running for it. But yeah, that happened. But it was funny because when he went to sit, sit down, they came and had a whole new brace ready. It was just like the pit crew and when they're doing the car racing. This, this, this. And so before you know it, that that knee brace was up and ready to go. Put on his leg, strapped up, 
and he got back out there. Now I'm cracking up because, man, these poor fans that's going to see Aaron Judge waiting for that 61st hit as of today, it hasn't happened. But every time he goes to bat for a game, ever since that he hit the 60th and tied with Babe Ruth, now trying to catch up with Roger Maris, they're putting side by side during the football game and you're like, okay, am I going to witness history here right now? Right here and right now? And nope, it, it hasn't even happened yet. Like, they're making it hard for the kid to get, for Aaron Judge to get this 61st hit. I can't even imagine when he's trying to, you know, beat and be the top and get that 62nd. They're just, you know, they're allowing him to walk because nobody wants to be the pitcher that allowed right that uh, that allowed Aaron Judge to make history they want to make history the pitcher but not like that not as you know being the one so yeah they're making it hard but poor fans now there was a fan that the fan that caught the ball the 61st no the 60th home run my bad the one that caught that he ended up giving he's about looked like he was college age he ended up giving the ball back to Aaron Judge so I'm interested. I'm interested to, in knowing what would you do if you were the one that caught that ball? Would you give it back or would you keep it, knowing that it could change your life, knowing the power you have, and you just spinning the ball in your hand, <laughs> just calculating, cha-ching every time you spin, cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. So yeah, but he gave it back. He was able to meet Aaron Judge at after the game and talk, chat with him take pictures I'm sure he got something autographed and I believe he got tickets I don't know if it was just the rest of the season or next season but he he was compensated compensated for it but I don't know if there's a right or wrong if you were the one to catch it but would love to see what you would do so you can hit me up in my email which is in the last segment I put it there if you need it but yeah I thought that was interesting but we're still waiting for it you know so I think it'll be even more interesting when he when it's time to hit that 60-second one and how long that takes. <laughs> so let's talk about Tua. If you saw the game with Tua last Sunday, you saw him, you know, go down, um, hit his head. When he got up, it looked like he was staggering and couldn't walk, so his teammates were had to walk up to him and help him. So initially when I saw it, I was like, you see his head hit. You hear you hear them say over and over his head hit. So you're like, wow, man, he's concussed. Um, for me, I got that impression because I've seen my quarterback get hit, go down with a concussion and try to get up and walk. And you think you're walking straight, but he's walking sideways. And so it's like a horrible sight to see. I wouldn't want to see anybody like that. Don't like it whatsoever. So when I was seeing Tua... I was like, oh, no, that not that, you know, especially him doing well. And you just don't want to see anyone in that position. So you see him go off and you're like, okay, he's done for the day or, you know, or a week or two till that's taken care of. But then he comes back out and I really was like, why is he back out here? I mean, he look, he's playing fine because if he if he was concussed the way I've seen um, Daniel Jones get hit, then he wouldn't have been able to play like that. You know, you wouldn't choose to walk sideways if you can walk straight. So he comes back in 
So what's going to happen is union rep or, you know, whatnot is going to meet and make sure that, you know, concussion protocol was upheld and whatnot. So they don't seem to be worried. I don't think that they were jeopardized by just trying to throw him back out there, knowing that that would be assessed and it would be in front of the whole world to see if that was the case. So they said that it was his back and that his back just locked up. And that's what you saw with him walking like that. And I'm leaning towards that's what it is. Because like I said, if he was truly concussed and just hit his head that hard that he was staggering like that, he would not just be able to just pop in like that and keep the game rolling the way he did. But they are checking into it. I'll keep it posted. I don't um, don't think that we'll find anything crazy because like I said, you don't want to, and they also use a independent doctor. So it's not like it's just some team doctor that gives the green light just because, and he's also a fan, his white doctor coat all with, you know, dolphin stuff. I mean, it's not like that they're um, their own independent doctors. So they don't have anything to gain by putting Tua out there. So I think we're good on that, that Tua was fine, that it was his, um, back, I know he had a big um, brace on it after at the end of the game. So I think that Tua will be fine and that the NFL will be fine. But nothing to worry about. So this past Sunday, we had two separate instances of coaches and players that got into it and it's caught on camera so I wanted to put this out there and I would love to get your thoughts and opinion on it so hit me up at TamikaNicoleZone at gmail.com so first we had Jets player Quentin Williams a D-linesman got into it with the D-linesman coach they were playing the Bengals and Joe Burrow Joe had just threw like a 56 yard pass and Quentin had got you know frustrated like defenses do when you're just tired of the quarterback just making, you know, throws that just airing out and bombs and dimes and just everything and everything's just going their way and you just doing everything you can defensive, you know, especially on the line. So William said pretty much that what it came down to was the D linesman coach was dialing up more blitzes than anything else and he wanted an opportunity to make some other plays to use their their talents, their skills and ability. Give us a chance. Don't just give up on us and we just, you know, just doing blitzes. You know, give me an opportunity to to get the assignment right. And so he said that's pretty much what was being said. You know, I know that's the clean version and I know it was probably some more said than that. But that's what he said. And, of course, they're not going to just air out all their dirty laundry because they're a team. You know, that's that's the squad, gang, gang. So understand that. So then you have Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs, taking on Matt Ryan and the Colts. And I don't think Matt Ryan liked what I said about him last week because they came out swinging on the Chiefs. It was the Chiefs, and they didn't care who it was. Whoever was up this week was going to get it. (laughs) But it's, you know, down to close to halftime. Patrick Mahomes said that what caused that situation was that he wanted an opportunity to score, you know, and go in with that, that, that high of a of a scoring that kind of give them a little boost, a lift, you know, some encouragement to get them on track. 
And he said that's just what he likes to do. He wants to score and make things happen. And he wanted Airbnb to give him that chance. But Airbnb was pretty much like, no, we're going to, we need to let this half go on him, roll down to zero, you know, let it go. We need to go in here and regroup, come back and, you know, get back to what we do and make things happen. But Patrick was still just passionately letting them know that, you know, I like this opportunity. I like, If you have an opportunity to put the ball in my hand and there's, there's time on the clock, please do so. And then Andy Reid comes down and, you know, pretty much takes them home with them to go in for halftime. But my question to you is, and hit me up at TamekaNicoleZone.com, is, is there a point to where it's too much? Now, I know we've seen players that – you know, show their passion on the sideline. We've seen Tom Brady throw the tablet. We've seen, you know, Des Bryant in the past. We've seen Odell. He hasn't done it, or or not that I know of, you know, like being on the Rams or whatnot. But more so in his younger years because I believe, now this is how I feel about it, I believe when Odell made that catch that it put him in such a just all people on him in the spotlight, and it was a lot at one time. Because here he is just coming in for Victor Cruz, you know, who has a season-ending injury. And he's able to then step into the spotlight. Now, he's just playing his game. He's passionate about the game. We know that. If, if you've seen that, you know how he is. If you've heard him talk interview, you know he's passionate about the game. You know, but I think that just threw so much attention on him that it was just too much for a rookie, a kid, and just – Feeling, you know, you're trying to figure out your career. You're just in the pros. So it's a lot. And so I think that's what we saw. We saw the more immature side trying to handle that. And I think he's, you know, growing up. But we see those those instances. And I know those happen more than what we see on TV. But I know that that's passion. But more specifically, when it comes to players and their approach to their coaches, is there a line there of respect? Like when... You see, you know, peewee players or high school players of any sport playing and, you know, as yes, sir, coaching, you know, there's a respect there, at least for most part of what I've seen, you know, and have experienced. But when you start going into the pros and it's talking, you know, man to man, you know, should players be able to approach coaches? I wouldn't say that you should do that live in the game that there should be a process of if you have something to say or should they not have much to say would Patrick Mahomes have treated Andy Reid that Andy Reid that way had it been Andy Reid making the calls at that moment as well so there's a you know is there a distinction there I know Eric Bieniemy wants to be a head coach one day like other that are just others that are just you know offense um you know, offense coaches or or coordinators or defense coordinators, like they have their dreams, their goals, their legacy that they want to leave even as a coach. And then you have the players that's actually putting their bodies out there and the ones that's on the front line out there trying to make things happen, that they have their goals and things that they're trying to do. And, you know, they're trying to make things happen because they never know what can happen to their bodies or injuries so you never know what your career looks like or what your opportunities are. But like I said, my question to you is, you know, is that something that should be allowed or should there be a process that's 
behind closed doors that the organization has. I had to take this time and thank you specifically for taking time to listen to In The Zone with Tamika Nicole today. I really appreciate it. I especially appreciate those who support and encourage my love for sports and have asked me, hey, where's the podcast? It's football season. Or, you know, where's the podcast? What are you doing? Why is it not out? Why are you not recording anything? So I truly appreciate those who have pushed me in that aspect as well. If you have any show ideas, any questions, any topics you want to hear discussed, eventually when we transition to YouTube, I'll be able to have co-hosts and guests. So if you're interested in any of those things, just let me know. But you can hit me up at TamikaNicoleZone at gmail.com. Let me spell that out for you in case it gets confusing. It's T-A-M-I-K-A. N-I-C-O-L-E-Z-O-N-E at gmail.com. You can also find me on my social media sites under Tamika Nicole. Again, I thank you. I look forward to hearing from you and we'll be back again on Friday. So until then, have a great evening, great days, be safe, and I'll talk to you soon.